Hello, everyone. It's another week of Orange Juice Optional. Hi, Suzanne. How are you? I'm doing good, Michelle. How are you? Good. You're already laughing, so I hope you have something funny to share. No, I really don't. I was just thinking that it's a rare day when neither one of us really has anything to talk about. (laughs) And we're going to record a podcast with nothing to talk about and see where it takes us. Well, there's a lot that we can talk about. It just would probably bore everybody else. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Because they'd have no idea why we're so excited about it or why it's such an important part of our conversation. Yeah. You know what Jeff suggested we talk about this morning? He said... I have no idea. Okay. Yeah. And I said, I said, Jeff, I don't know. We're struggling. You know, we're trying to come up with a topic for our podcast. Any ideas? He goes, yeah, why don't you talk about the border problem? (laughs) And I said, "Mm, did he not listen to our promo where we said no politics? I said, no, I don't think I want to go down that road. And then he said, you could talk about inflation. Mm, I don't think inflation is a good idea. (laughs) And then, (laughs) I mean, his list went on and on and every topic was somewhat political. And I'm like, no, I, I don't think you're being much help this morning. Right. I thought you were going to say perhaps the Bieber concert. I know. Coming and, up. And we could talk about the Bieber concert. We could talk about, yeah, the buildup to the Bieber concert and the hoops we have to jump through to go to the Bieber concert. But, you know, that I think in and of itself after the fact is going to be a whole episode a whole podcast a much more hilarious maybe episode (laughs) maybe (laughs) I will have to take mental notes I would take notes except I can't take my phone in so I can't take photos and I can't have my phone with me but so my mental notes are going to have to do I don't know how I'll remember everything Oh, you'll remember the important things or the funny things or the trivial things. You'll do yeah. better than you're giving yourself credit for. Yeah, the awkward things. <laughs> when we're the oldest people there. My daughter guessed that we would be the oldest people there. The next oldest person would probably be in their 30s. That would be so interesting to get statistics on that. Yeah. Like how big the venue actually is And then if they would provide the breakdown of age. Yeah, demographics. Because you you might be. Yeah, you might be. We might be the oldest. But so here's my thing. And I know I probably already said this in the last episode. I'll probably say it again after the concert. But if you're purchasing the Diamond VIP experience, which I did because... My husband is such a Justin Bieber fan. It's like, if I have to go to a Justin Bieber concert, I'm going to do it the right way. I'm going to get the best package I can get because that's the only way you're going to drag me to that concert. But I thought, and our tickets, and I, as I've told you, I bought them two years ago during COVID, concert canceled or postponed. So we've been waiting two years for this. And I was thinking, you know, the $1,500 I spent for this VIP package, how many 20 to 30-year-olds can really pay $1,500 a ticket? 
for a Justin Bieber concert. So I'm kind of holding out hope that there will be other people like us at the VIP experience and that we won't feel totally out of place and totally awkward. And that very well could happen. But here's my thing, and there's this is where my thoughts are taking me. So you are a novelty item at the concert and the fact that you're probably going to be, okay, you're going to be older than the majority of the people there. Right. You're in the fifth row. <laughs> what if Bieber sees that and he like serenades well, not that he would serenade you, but he gives a shout out to you all for being there. And that would make it all worth it. Well, it would. But see, the thing is, is the VIP diamond experience that we have. The concert starts at 730. And I'm sure that there is a pre-show. You know, I'm sure there's someone performing before him. But in order for us to experience the VIP experience, we have to be there. We have to check in by 4 p.m. So Justin Bieber is going to have a lot of time to actually realize that there is this couple old enough to be his grandparents, probably. we Not grandparents. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, pretty close. I mean, I don't know how old he is at this point in his life, but definitely, I think he's younger than my youngest son. He um, is, but not like by that many years. <laughs> I know, but I'm just saying, you know, so I don't think it's going to be a novelty to him or a shock to him when he's standing on the stage looking down at us in the fifth row because he will already know that we're there because he will be, you know, just briefly at the VIP experience, he will make an appearance and he'll probably scan the crowd and think, oh my God, there's a couple that look like they could be my grandparents. And... <laughs> Yeah, it's just, oh God, I'm just dreading this whole thing. Or, and this is what you should put out into the universe, he's going to see us there and be so appreciative that his music is transcending the different generations that he does do something special and <laughs> acknowledges no, your attendance. No, no, no. Oh, Jeff no. would love it. Jeff would. Jeff would oh my God, it. I would have to go hide under a rock. If, and that's not going to happen. I mean, realistically, there have to be other people there that can afford those tickets because it is sold out. And it's like, you can't tell me that they're all going to be young kids within this VIP experience. I'll be angry. I will be really annoyed. I won't be angry. I'll be annoyed if I show up around, you know, 120 year olds that all have $1,500 tickets to this concert, it it will annoy me because it's like, wait just a minute. <laughs> Where the hell did you get the money to pay for this ticket? I've and all I can say is I want to see the group picture of you, <laughs> Jeff, Bieber, and all the 20 something or tweens or, oh, yeah. in or I guess a tween is an yeah. in-between. I'm pretty I don't know. sure. We'll I don't know my generations. Yeah, I'm sure we'll frame it and put it on the wall. You know, and years ago, Jeff and I, on my request, because I had watched the Katy Perry documentary, and I loved the documentary she did. So I when she was in Arizona, I wanted to go to that concert. And Jeff, you know, he took one for the team and went to Katy Perry with me, although I have to say he likes Katy Perry too. But we 
were by far <laughs> the oldest people at that concert. And we saw one man there that was there with his like 12 year old daughter and he had earplugs in. And I was thinking, okay, that's what this experience is going to be like. It's we are going to be by far the oldest people at this concert. And if there's anyone else, even remotely close to our age, they'll probably be there with their kid and they'll have their earplugs in. I think you should just embrace the experience <laughs> instead of dreading it. Embrace uh, it. I know. I know. I'm going and to flow with it. I'm going to. I'm going to suck it up and I'm going to try and have fun. Well, I don't think <laughs> that's <embracing>. Jeff would. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was going to say, I think this is a bucket list item for Jeff getting to go to a Bieber concert. And the fact that you're supporting him, right. you're going to have major credit with him. I think so. Yeah, I think. Yeah. Major capital. And remember that just a month later, we will be in Vegas for March Madness. And we usually like to shop there. Oh, yeah. Not that that would change it, but he might just be feeling extra generous. Maybe. Maybe so. Yeah. Again, but, put out there, he will be feeling will extra be, generous he will in be. Vegas. Yeah. Yeah. If we haven't had a huge colossal fight about the concert because I left early because I was so horrified by the whole experience. <laughs> you're not going to do that. You're going to actually find that you really enjoyed it and you're going to come back and you're going to have to eat humble pie on this podcast <laughs> telling us how much you enjoyed it. Okay. Yeah. You want to put, should we wager on that? Should we place little bets about how the experience is really going to go and what I think about it after the fact. <laughs> yeah. We can do that. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'll just... bet you a bottle of Chardonnay against a bottle of champagne or Got something. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I think, sounds like a good bet to I me. I think that's a good bet. I think that it's a good bet. Yeah. You know, but as I was saying also that the concert is bucket list for Jeff. So I think at some point in his life, he would go to a Bieber concert, but the meet and greet, it's really sad because he really is only one or two degrees of separation from somebody that knows Bieber, but we don't yeah. ever use those connections or anything because it's just interest. It's just an interesting fact that there it are is. several people in the circle that do know him one or two or three people back that right. whole six degrees of separation. Right. Well, you know what? And that brings up a good point. That's a question I want to ask you. So how often do you take advantage of your contacts to get something you want? Maybe as never. A, never. See, I don't either. Never. I would never do that. And I think that's why Jeff hasn't either. I don't think he would ever do that. No, no. But I know people who do that on a regular basis, who it's like it's some people just refer it to as networking. You know, it's like, hey, I know this person who knows this person. I'm going to ask this person to do this for me and see what it gets me. And I I take that back because I did use your husband once. I wanted, I can't remember. It was one of the, probably the Vikings. I wanted some tickets to the Vikings game. And I thought maybe he knew someone who could help me. And I think he gave it a valiant effort, but so that's really one of the only times I've ever taken advantage of a friend who might know someone who knows someone. <laughs> yeah, I'm going back and I'm really thinking, 
about it and I cannot recall. It's just not in my nature because I I hate asking somebody to pick me up from the airport <laughs> and they're my family. It almost killed me that time I was flying back to Anchorage and I was flying out of Phoenix and you offered to drive me to the airport. I was having heart palpitations about that just because I don't ever want to put anybody out. And so just the thought of that yeah. stresses me out. <laughs> well, but I know, but, and I think that if it's someone I'm really comfortable with that, okay. I was going to say, if I needed a ride to the airport, I would probably call and ask you, although I would never need a ride to the airport because I would rather just drive myself and park my car out there. But as an example, I would feel comfortable enough picking up the phone and calling you and saying, hey, can you give me a ride to the airport? You know, I would do that. But I don't think I would go so far as to say, hey, Michelle, I know you know so-and-so who knows so-and-so who knows Justin Bieber. Will you see if you can get me tickets? <laughs> I mean, I would never do that. Yes, there's a, a difference there. And mm -hmm. I don't know why it is that it's so hard to ask for any help. And I do agree, you know, the contacts and networking, whatever you want to call it, mm -hmm. that's too much for me. That's just always a no-go. But just asking for help in the little day-to-day -day things, I don't know why it's such a struggle for me. Well, I know. I tend to agree with you. But I think it only takes once where you at, actually ask someone to do something for you and you kind of get that they're going out on a limb to help you or they're doing you a really big favor when they send you that vibe. That's enough to shut me down and say, oh, this is why I don't ask people for favors because I don't like that feeling of they're doing me a really big favor. And, you know, and I think that happens more often than not when you ask someone for something and then all of a sudden you feel like, yeah, they're doing you this huge favor and then you feel bad about it. I agree. But what I was thinking there is I go so far as let's say I ask someone to take me to the airport and they drop me off. And then I think, well, what if they get in an accident on the way home? Then that's my fault. Like stuff like that. Wow. Wow. I know. It's just not that first level. It goes deeper. Much and I know deeper. it's super weird. Well, but yeah. I my thought was that's something I would take medication for. <laughs> <laughs> maybe I have and yeah. don't judge on it. I I'm not right now, but uh, yeah. maybe in the past. I know. I was gonna say I I could never judge. I would take medication for that because well, and then that leads me to another thought. Does your mind automatically go to dark places when when something happens and you're worried about it? Does it go to a dark place? It goes to worst case scenario. Yes, mine does too. Every single time. Yeah, and it's like, why? I have actually been trying to stop myself from doing that. And I've done it my whole life where I wish I could think of a good example, but the car accident thing is... I drop someone at the airport and then I, you know, or they drop me at the airport and then they have an accident on the way home. But then I don't stop there. It's like their car is totaled or what happens if they die in that accident? It would be all my fault because I made them. I immediately go to that dark place. And I don't know, for the last six months or so, I've really been trying to stay away from that 
worst case scenario in my thought process. And again, I think, God, maybe I need to be on medication for this. Because it happens to me all the time when I start worrying about something, I go to that very dark place in my mind. And it's always right when you're trying to fall asleep also. There's something that's been floating out there in the subconscious Mm -hmm. and you know it's there, you're aware of it. Mm -hmm. And then you try to sleep and it's there, it's present. There's no way it's going to let you go to sleep. So you have to work through it. And instead of just saying, okay, this is a situation. These are the steps that'll have to be taken. It'll be fine. It's like, this is a situation. We're going to end up sued. We're going to end up going to jail. Someone's going to, I mean, it's just always negative. It just can't be rational. I know. Okay. And I did think of an example. This just happened the other day. And if my son and daughter-in-law are listening I apologize for using my grandson as an example, but he was playing outside on their deck and they have a step. It's there's a step off their deck to a lower deck and he was running around and he did a face plant off the step onto the deck and they FaceTimed me and he had a big goose egg on his forehead. And I said this from my past experience, my mom telling me this, she was a preschool teacher, she saw it all the time, that goose goose eggs are normal for toddlers. It's the protection mechanism that prevents brain injury in children who fall all the time. And he doesn't fall all the time. This was his first goose egg. And so I said, you know, as long as he's not vomiting, as long as he doesn't have a balance issue, as long as he doesn't seem confused or, you know, anything like that, he's fine. It's a goose egg. He'll be fine. Put some ice on it. Give him some Tylenol. He'll be fine. And I think my daughter-in-law said, so do you think I should call the doctor about this? And I said, no, I no need. He'll be fine. And then, you know, of course, I hang up the phone and say, God, Suzanne, that's terrible advice. You know, maybe they should call the doctor. What if he does have a brain injury? What if he did hurt himself? And So then the next day, they FaceTime me, and he has bruising around his eyes. And he was fine. I mean, the day before, he was fine. He was acting normal. He said hi to grandma when we FaceTimed. You know, he wanted to show me his stuff just like he always does. But then he had this little bruising around his eyes, nothing serious. And I'm like, holy crap. Did I ever screw up? This kid has a, he's bleeding internally. You know, it's a brain bleed. (laughs) He's going to have to have surgery, emergency surgery. I'm going to have to fly to Seattle. They'll never forgive me because I told him not to call the doctor. You know, this is what's going on in my mind when I see this little bruising around his eyes. So I I calmly say to them, you know, I'd probably just give your doctor a call just to be on the safe side. And then I'm hanging up and my mind has gone to this dark, deep, dark hole. Like, I gave them bad advice. He's going to have to have brain surgery. They have to stop the bleed. You know, he'll probably be in the hospital for weeks. It's all my fault because I blew off his goose egg. He was fine. They called the doctor. The doctor said, oh, no, he's fine. We've seen this before. No big deal. But my mind, I... my mind went down that tunnel, that deep, dark hole. You spiraled. And I, spiraled. I would have done the same thing. And I'll give you an example also. Okay. I shared with you that I went and helped Colton move from one apartment to the other in Denver. Mm-hmm. And 
with previous apartments that he's been in, he missed giving the two month or the 60 day notice. And so we ended up having to pay an extra month for the apartment. Oh, mm-hmm. that was a past apartment a year or so ago. So he goes to check out of this apartment and we know that we've been there two extra days, three extra days that we had to pay for. So we were expecting that. And they're like, just go on the website and pay the balance. And I said, okay. So we go onto the website to look at it and he's getting charged the full amount of rent. Mm. Not only the full amount of rent that he had been paying, but an extra two or $300 because rent had gone up because he was no longer under lease. So my mind goes to that very dark place as I'm trying to sleep. Okay. They're trying to charge us $1,610. What if they didn't get the notice? What if it's really $3,200 we're going to have to pay? And then they're going to say this, this, and this was wrong with the apartment. And what if we have to continue paying the electric bill because I already took it out of the name. I mean, I just completely spiraled because they didn't call me back in that hour between when they, when I found out the information and when the office closed that I lost a whole night's sleep over that only to finally get in touch with them the next day. They corrected it and everything's fine. But you spiraled. It spiraled. Yep. Deep, dark hole that we just plunged down. Yes. And ladies and gentlemen, that is only one example of what my (laughs) mind can do. (laughs) I was going to say, this is one little minor thing. This happens to me every day, every day. I go to the deep, dark place. I can get myself there very quickly about anything. And yeah, it's like, like I said, you know, there's probably medication for that. Stops me from doing that. And of course, it didn't bug my son at all. And Rob, the next morning, he's like, you lost a night's sleep, didn't you? I'm like, yes, I did. (laughs) So yeah. But it's all worked out like it was meant to. And instead of just saying, hey, it's just a phone call, we'll get it situated. And if there's an issue, then we'll talk about why it shouldn't be an issue and being rational. I do. I have a lot of admiration for people who can honestly do that. Jeff is one of them. He can seriously take a situation and he can vault it in his mind. So he doesn't deal with it until he has to. It's like, well, yeah, there could be an issue there that we may have to face, but we're not going to face it until we have to. And then he can just put that problem away until the time comes that he may have to deal with it. And the beauty of that is he spends very little time worrying about anything. And so when he tells me that something kept him up all night, I know It's serious because things don't keep him up at night. He can put it away. He doesn't go to that dark place like I do. Neither does Rob. He's very good at that compartmentalizing, vaulting. Yeah, he he doesn't worry because all worry really does is steal the joy of the moment. And And if he does worry, he somehow can balance that so it's not overriding every other thought that he has. And I'll tell you this, and you will agree, Mm -hmm. the man has no problem sleeping or falling asleep. (laughs) That's so true. He can fall asleep anywhere. On a dime. He can be wide wide awake having a conversation with us and literally 10 seconds later be sound asleep. 
It's unbelievable. And it's not a joke. I know. I've seen it many times. He's missed a lot of life that way, though, I have to say. When we've been together, we've experienced something. He's sleeping. We refer back to it later, and he he won't know what we're talking about. And he's missed out because he fell asleep. Yes, and he has very strict instructions that he cannot fall asleep during the Zags basketball game during exactly. the tournament exactly. or any of the Zag games during the yeah. tournament. It's a moment in our relationship that I will never forgive him for. <laughs> because he did. I know we watched basketball all morning we watched every game until the zags came on and the zags start and I turn and look at him and he is sound asleep and there wasn't another zags fan in the restaurant or in the bar that we were in no one was rooting for in the entire city because then I got up and left and I went from bar to bar looking for Zags fans. I couldn't find one Zags fan in the entire city. My one Zags fan was sound asleep because... Yes, he didn't even know you left. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. And I was so mad. And I think that Zags won. Yes, they it was, did. It was when they beat University of Illinois. And Julia, You won't even ever forget the game. I know. Julia Louise Dreyfus's nephew or someone played in the game or son or someone played for University of Illinois and they kept flashing to her and everyone in Las Vegas was rooting for University of Illinois and Rob was sound asleep and I wandered Las Vegas looking for a Zags fan, never found one. But you had two sitting at the table with you that weren't <laughs> as both Jeff and I were rooting them on also. I know. And, and I appreciate it so much. But here's the thing. This is not offensive. I don't want you to take offense at it. But I don't really consider you a true basketball fan. I think you're just a good sport. And you enjoy it because we enjoy it. And so as much as I liked having you there to support the Zags, you know, it's like I need a true fan to deal with the Zags when they're in a difficult game. Do you take offense at that? I don't take offense at that. <laughs> I can't I think God. of any <laughs> I can't sport believe. that I like so much that someone would call me a, a fan, except for when my kids, my nephews, my niece are playing a sport. Right. And then so, I'm a fan of that team. Right. So when so. you have a vested interest, when you have a you have a relationship with someone on the team. And that's how my sports fanatical fanism, whatever it's called, fandom started because it was when my kids were playing sports. And that's how I learned about the sports. That's how I learned the ins and outs of the sports. And then I became fan and I became fans of the Zags when my boys went to Gonzaga and we went to every game that we could. So you know, then I will say, though, I did have a vested interest in that game because of the brackets. I was invested in them winning because I was bracket playing at that time True. and trying to get the best score ever. And I think that actually was the year where, you know, half the games play on Thursday, half the games play on Friday. And on that Thursday, I had only missed two upsets and the rest of the games I got all right. And then on that Friday, I think it was Michigan that played that I had mm -hmm. chosen to win the whole thing and they lost in round one. 
Yeah, and that destroyed my bracket. Yeah, and I'm just saying that was karma. That was all Rob's fault because he fell asleep during the Gonzaga game. (laughs) And he's a Michigan fan. So Michigan lost because of bad karma. I'm just putting that out there because it's that's how things work in this world. It kind of is. And so on all my brackets this year, I'm going to have the Zags winning. And then I have a vested interest and you will consider me a fan and my support will mean something to you. Okay. And I'm sorry. I mean, I can't even believe I put that out there because you are the best supportive friend I have. And you would be... You said that. I know. you, You would be a Gonzaga fan on my behalf for no other reason than the fact that I'm a Gonzaga fan. And so you're a Gonzaga fan, you know, and, and it's what I appreciate about you, Rob being a basketball fan. I want to believe that his support of Gonzaga is because of Gonzaga, not because of me, but I know he supports Gonzaga because of me. And then JC and Christy, they support Gonzaga because of me, you know, good friends. Oh, Okay, so why do you support Michigan? Is it because you're a Michigan fan or because Rob's a Michigan fan? No, because Rob's a Michigan fan. Because I don't, I and don't, yeah, because Gonzaga is my team, not Michigan. <laughs> I didn't say University of Michigan or Michigan State because I can never remember which is which, but I think it's Michigan State that's go blue. No, I think that's, no, because that's a Sparty. The Spartans or Michigan State, go blue is University of Michigan. Okay, well, he's a Go Blue. That's his first team, Go Blue. And then mm-hmm. he likes the Spartans also. He just likes yeah. Michigan. But yeah. And my brother, Arnie, the one that passed away a few years ago, he was a Spartan. So that's how I know the difference between University of Michigan and Michigan State. See, vested mm-hmm. interest. I know. I know. So while we're talking about March Madness, and I am sure we can do a whole episode <laughs> as we approach there about our brackets, but it brought my thoughts to an experience we had there a couple years ago that kind of ties into our earlier conversation about networking or using our connections. Okay. We didn't really use our connections in this instance, but we created a white lie about maybe having a nephew playing on the Zags team so they would turn the TV to the game we wanted to watch. That's true. Yes. That was that stack restaurant at the MGM. And they were watching it. So we're not a... Yeah, they I know they... Yeah, I'm not above lying. I'll lie to get my way. But that's not really using a connection. That's just saying, hey, my nephew is on that team and I really need to watch that game. And I think I even said it was like John Hart or, you know, one of, yeah, I mean, I think I had a specific you did. player that was my nephew playing on that team because they wouldn't change the TV. You know, there are 10 TVs in the room and they couldn't change one TV to the Gonzaga game. And so, yeah, I had to lie to get, get the game on and And the most impressive part is they went deeper with that you're just like oh my nephew is this and he's from here and his parents are these people I mean like you knew all the information (laughs) to throw out there well and you might have been bsing but I bought it sitting next to you and I know he's not your nephew (laughs) well and the thing is is if you're going to resort to lying you better have well thought out 
lie. You know, you better be able to give all of the details in case someone follows up, you know, and asks you questions about it. I would be, if I, I yeah, if that guy had actually challenged me on where John Hart was originally from, I would have challenged him. I would say, no, that's not true. I would say, you're wrong. <laughs> I mean, I would have fought him. I would have held steadfast to my lie. And that impresses me. <laughs> I would have lost all composure because I do not lie. You can see it in my face. I'm so incredibly uncomfortable and I will end up telling the truth. But I can sit and watch it unfold. Right, right. And I don't know. It's one of those things where I was afraid you were going to say, well, I've lost all respect for you, Suzanne, because you will lie to get your way. I also used to say to my father-in-law, because sometimes when I tell a story, I'll exaggerate the facts. Now, I'm not the only one that does this. Almost everyone does this when they're telling a story and they exaggerate. Well, my father-in-law will always call me out on that. Or he, you know, he'll say, really, Suzanne? You know, and I, and finally, one day I said to him, I said, sometimes exaggeration for the sake of the story is necessary. You know, just take what I'm saying with a grain of salt, because it's going to make my story more interesting. And when I'm telling a story, I don't ever lie in my stories. But, you know, if there were two people doing something, I might say there were 10 people doing the same thing. You know, just exaggeration for the sake of the story to make it a better story. I like to call that supersizing. Like you can go to McDonald's and get the regular meal or you can supersize it. So I always call it yeah. supersizing. And it doesn't frustrate me when anyone does it other than my husband. But when I'm listening to him tell a story and I know the facts aren't correct, I am biting the inside of my lip. Like, don't say it. Just let him have his moment. I know. Just let him have his moment. And I know. Well, and now that, not to say anything. Yeah. And now that I've admitted that out loud, I realize now that when next time I tell a story, I'm going to have to preface it with this is no exaggeration. This is the truth. I am not exaggerating this story for the sake of the story. I realize now every story I ever tell moving forward is going to have to be prefaced with that. No, nah, that's too many words. <laughs> Just do you and yeah. we're going to flow with it. Right. And then you can call me out if you think I'm exaggerating. You can say, are you exaggerating? Is that true, Suzanne? Or are you just exaggerating? I don't think I'll do that. But <laughs> no, feel I right. will reserve the right depending on what the story is. And, you know, I live with it. And you're talking about telling a white lie to get a game on you want to watch on TV. What about all those times that people mistake Rob for somebody else. For many years, it was Dennis Hopper, mm -hmm. and then it moved into a football coach, and then someone thought he was Casey Mears, the race car driver. And instead of saying, oh no, you have it all wrong, he's like, yeah, yeah, that's me. So <laughs> there are autographs out there yeah. that people think are from Dennis Casey Hopper. Mears, Dennis Hopper, this coach who I can't remember, but he does look a lot like Rob. Yeah, I don't Dennis, think he coaches anymore. Dennis Hopper, it truly was uncanny. We have a picture of him where there's a photo of Dennis Hopper on the wall and Rob is standing next to Dennis Hopper and it looks like it's the same person. 
I mean, it's pretty remarkable. It is pretty remarkable. And it has happened in Hawaii at a sports bar. It's happened at Chateau Montalena up in St. I think St. Helena, uh -huh. California. It's happened at a restaurant in Napa. It's happened on airplanes. Too many times to count. And he'll he'll even say, no, that's not me. And they're like, no, it is. It is. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty So remarkable. he gives them the moment and says, you're right. Which is, I think, is, yeah. I think that's a that's a good thing. Why are you yeah. with? Yeah, although we can't do it. Yeah, you you can't do it anymore with Dennis Hopper though, because unfortunately he's passed. Oh, well, you could always yeah. say he's Dennis Hopper's brother, twin brother. Oh, you could. You could. And then people would probably want the facts on it and go Google it and find out. No, no, <laughs> not true. So it's funny that we started this episode talking about Jeff's suggestions for what our topics could be, because Rob actually had a suggestion also. Oh, he did. What was his suggestion? He said, why don't you ladies talk about the fact that there will not be another football game for another 194 days? Interesting. <laughs> so yeah, his mind goes to the sports. So I looked it up and actually the first NFL game is 200 days, but I'm sure there's a college game the week before that he was referring to because he knows everything football. Okay, so my mind goes two different directions here. And neither direction has anything to do with when the next football game will happen. So the fourth season of The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel premiered yesterday, or this past week, actually. And I watched the first three seasons. I had to rewatch the first three seasons to get ready for the fourth season. And... The disappointing thing about that is they only do eight episodes per season. And they released two of the eight episodes right away. So we watched the first two episodes. And then I realized, okay, I could watch all eight episodes in four days. And then I'm going to have to wait another year and a half before the next season comes out. And that's what I thought of when you mentioned football being the next game isn't for 200 days. I mean, at least football drags out for that... months before you have to wait until the next season. You're actually kind of tired of football. Right. And it's I'm tired of football after two weeks because it no longer is just Saturday college, Sunday NFL, <sighs> Monday NFL. It's now Thursday NFL and then college games spread throughout the whole week sometimes. So really it's can't stupid. get away from it. I know. It's so stupid. And I know what you're saying about the show that you're talking about because Rob and I watch Ozark. Mm -hmm. It's a Netflix show. It's a little violent, a little gory, kind of hard to watch at times. Mm -hmm. But this season is our final season. I think it's season four. So they released the first seven episodes, which we're now through. And in a couple months, they'll... Re release the next seven episodes to watch. So now we have to wait for it. I know. And it's so stupid. I hate that. And so before we binge watched the old seasons of The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, which is only like 24 episodes, three seasons, 24 episodes, you can get through that in a weekend. But we had, you know, then I have to ration how many shows we'll watch a night because I want it to last. I had binge watched 
Gilmore Girls, which was filmed in the early 2000s. I think the first season was 2002. That show had 22 to 24 episodes for seven seasons. Now that is a binge-worthy show to watch because you get 22 episodes in a season and it's like, okay, I can do this. And it's almost like you don't run out of episodes before you're ready. And I'm like, I love this because there are enough episodes to watch. So then I went back and I looked at older TV programs. Like you could go back to Bonanza or I Love Lucy. Or in those years, there would be MASH. MASH, which was filmed in the 70s. There are over 30 episodes per season. What has happened? (laughs) Why all of a sudden is a season only eight episodes? It drives me insane. When you can go back to the 70s and the episode, there would be 30 episodes in a season. That's true. And some shows do have, you know, the 20 to 30 per season. I think a lot of the shows that are on CBS, ABC, NBC, the the series, we'll get that many episodes in a normal season. Maybe not the season of COVID, but everything that's on Netflix or Amazon. Yes, the seasons are shorter. Even in Schitt's Creek, 13 episodes a season. You're lucky. And see, and I think even on the network shows, I don't even think they do 20 20 episodes anymore. I think they do like 15 or 16. I'm going to have to go back and look at that, look at some of the shows and see how many episodes are in a season. But yeah, I was thinking that about Downton Abbey. Downton Abbey had, I think, 12 episodes per season, maybe 12 if we were lucky. And then they make you wait a year and a half. It's like, it's got to be a pretty damn good show to be have the patience to wait a year to a year and a half for new episodes to come out. It's like, come on. It's not that difficult. If they if they used to do 30 episodes in a season, you could at least punch out 12 to 15 episodes in a season. Well, I've gone back and I've started watching, and this is a mind candy show, so no mm-hmm. judgment here when Never I say, judgment. but... I just admitted to watching Gilmore Girls, so... <laughs> okay, well, I haven't watched Gilmore G- Girls, so I'm not sure what the show's about, but this is a reality show. It's a Bravo show. I've always seen it, never watched it, but I couldn't find anything else to watch. So I'm like, I'm going to start watching it. It's a show called Southern Charm, and mm. <laughs> I am loving just the over the top people on this show. And I love seeing all the pictures of Charleston, but I just finished season one and I'm catching up now. They're going to premiere season eight pretty soon. So I have a lot of episodes to watch and it feels a little overwhelming, but just because there's so many seasons of it. I know, but that's so much fun because, because you're not approaching the end. When I was approaching the end of Gilmore Girls, which I, it turns out I love this show and it has a lot of over-the-top characters, but kind of quirky characters. But I had to ration my episodes because I knew I was running out of episodes to watch. But I got, you know, seven seasons with 22, 24 episodes per season. I got a lot of episodes in and I'm going to miss that's it. That's true. And that's true. And even with Shit's Creek, 
mm-hmm. I had to catch up. I started at season one and the finale of the whole series had already happened. So there were six seasons and there seemed to be so much Shit's Creek in front of me. And then as I approached the end, I got so incredibly sad because I was going to miss it. I was going to miss the characters mm-hmm. and the quirkiness. And so I get it. Yeah. Yeah. So that was the first way your, your mind went when I brought up the football. What was the second way? Because I'm sure we're getting close on time. Yeah, we're running out of time. Okay, the second direction my mind went was MLB, the baseball, because we're here in Scottsdale, or I'm here in Scottsdale, and spring training is supposed to happen next week. And they have delayed, postponed the start of spring training. You know, and the anticipation in this environment for spring training is huge. You can just feel it build. And it was so deflating when MLB said, there's a lockout, players can't reach an agreement with management. And so they've at least delayed spring training. And it's like, come on, you know, it's like grow up. (laughs) It's like, we've just come off of COVID for God's sake. You know, it's like, don't bicker over money, just sign the contract and get on with the sport or go play a different sport. It's like, please don't take this away from us too. We've already lost so much. I know. And it's all because they can't decide on how much they need to be paid for their job that they do. And so they're shutting down an entire industry. And as they have made the point here, so many times because it's so personal in Scottsdale is, yeah, that means that the hot dog vendors don't get paid. The janitors don't get paid. You know, the Uber drivers don't get paid. All of the smaller industries that feed into spring training here also become crippled because of a player lockout. I mean, and so that's where my mind went when, Rob mentioned 200 days or 194 days until the next football game. It's like, yeah, that is a definite trickle down effect of people losing out because of this. I listening to this, do you do something or bring more baseball inspired things into your store during this time of the year because spring training is on everyone's brain or do you just kind of stay away from that? I kind of stay away from it because it's not my audience. I usually have a, you know, a cute candle with a cute baseball saying, you know, I'll have a couple of baseball themed things in my store, but you know, it's really not my clientele. And I did have to, I did think about this. So this is my fourth year that I've been open. So it's my fourth spring training. And I have to say, for three out of the four years that I've been open, their spring training has either been canceled or delayed because of COVID, baseball strike, player lockout. And so it's like, really, I'm not, my personal business is not impacted at all by it because it's hard to believe that three out of the four seasons I've been open, <laughs> there's been an issue with spring training. I just hope they get it together soon so it doesn't I know. Well, delay the I, whole season. I know. Well, and the whole, you know, the hospitality industry here, because so many people plan their spring vacation around spring training. And you think of the hotels and the restaurants and 
And I'm sure all of the fans that are coming in specifically for spring training are like, okay, well, now what are we going to do? Although there's so much to do in Arizona this time of year, I don't think they'll have a problem filling their time. But that is, you know, it's like, okay, because a bunch of grown men can't figure out how to sign a contract. <laughs> I'm sorry. I I know that sounds pretty political, but it's like, yeah, you just want to look, you just think, okay, grow up. Let's just get on with this. Yeah, like, give us something to it. look forward to. Yeah. Well, I don't think the hotels there are hurting too much because <laughs> the prices in March are yeah over the top. Over it, the top it crazy. blew my mind. Yes. I was looking at rates and <laughs> they're high. It's crazy. It is unbelievably crazy. And that people are continuing yeah, to pay the, those prices. They want the sun. It's run to the sun. At least Arizona still has the sun, although in Havasu it has been so windy and so mm-hmm. miserable because of the wind. Yeah, it's it, been, it really does mess with the temperature outside. It does. And it's windy here too. I, I'm looking out my window as we speak and it's like, okay, another day of wind. And it kind of messes with my allergies. I don't have bad allergies, but I have allergies. And when the wind blows, I can tell. Definitely. And we didn't even get to where I kind of suggested a topic when we didn't have one, <laughs> the February blahs. Right. I but know. yes, getting through, you know, December, January, now we're in February and we're looking towards spring and we just have this rest of this month to get through. Even though it's 28 days, it does sometimes seem like it drags on. It does feel like the longest month of the year, in my opinion. But We'll talk about that another day because I think we're probably out of time. We are out of time. We are. And it's amazing how we can fill a a 45, 50 minutes of time with just conversation about nothing. Yes, but all that nothing was important and hopefully it brought a smile to somebody's day out there. Let's hope so. Yeah, well, I guess with all that shared, I'll just say cheers until next week and another topic. Cheers. Cheers.